Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you joined us today. This, I think, has been one of my favorites this far from the year. Um, what we're going to be reviewing is The Last Bookshop in London by, by uh, Madeline uh, or Madeline Martin and written in 2021. So a very recent novel, but it's awesome. It's a historical fiction book and it begins in 1939. And your main character, it, at first I thought I wasn't going to like Grace Bennett because it, she doesn't like to read. And uh, I thought, uh-oh, we've got problems. Houston, we have a problem. But she, she changes and, oh, my goodness, what a read. It, I gave it five stars. How about you? Oh, five stars all the way. I would give it ten. <laughs> I, I loved this book. So it was, it was such a good read. And the, you go through the entirety of the war with them. And so there, so Grace and her friend Viv, or, or how did you say it? Is it Viv? It was yeah. like short for Vivian, right? I think. Yes. Um, but they, don't, they live kind of in the country, not in London, but they live in England somewhere. And so they've always dreamed of, you know, London and this, the glitz and glamour of London. And then they finally decided to go after her mom had passed away after grace's mom had passed away well so they, actually she was forced to go because her uncle pushed her out of the family home after her mother died that's Remember? true yeah yeah she didn't have a choice but that's Viv true. did have a choice and she went with her and they think it's all going to be you know sunshine and glamour and whoa it, but they get there right before the war hits so yeah and that's how she ended up at the bookstore her uncle was a a scoundrel and he would not write her a letter of recommendation so therefore she can't get a job so they're going to stay with uh, her mom's ch childhood friend uh, mrs weatherford and she gets her a job at the primrose hill bookstore because she can't go where viv's going viv's going to like a classy shop because viv uh, wrote a, a fake one yeah, yeah. and she and grace didn't want to yeah grace said she said she'd write grace one but then you meet uh she goes to the primrose bookstore and it's a wreck and one thing grace has and i think we can all learn from grace okay is she connected to me with the alchemist because when he was at the crystal shop he wasn't that overly crazy about crystals but he said let's wash these glasses let's uh, let's wash them let's serve tea in them let's he made things better yes. so grace doesn't know anything about books and to show you that she doesn't know anything about books someone asked her uh excuse me do you have the black spectacle it was the title of a book and grace said we don't carry spectacles here. <laughs> Grace, Grace, Grace. Uh, she, and he has books because he's been, he's sad. His uh, daughter and wife were killed in a car crash. So uh, 
Mr. Evans is just kind of going through the motions and there's books stacked everywhere. She starts in, she's a hard worker. She's dusting shelves. She's putting them on the shelf. Organizing. Nothing, yeah. yeah, they mean nothing to her, but she makes it look better. But in the midst of that, in walks George Anderson and dun, dun, dun. With his green eyes <laughs> and his love of books. Yeah, And he just, uh, I mean, he opens a whole new world, I think, for her. That uh, he totally, it cha- reading does change her life. Yes. And I loved what, what he said about reading. Because she was like, and not that she has anything against reading. She's just had to work really hard. And she's never had the time to read. But when she asked him, you know, uh, wh- why, what's so great about reading, he said, Reading is learning without having to face consequences of failures and how best to succeed. And I thought, whoa, that that's that's powerful. Yeah. And accurate, you know. She but she's mm-hmm. a caring person though the whole time. I mean, just uh I, what is I don't you think it's just she's just kind and um cuz like she wants oh. to help everybody. Yes. And, and like you said, she's a hard worker and she, you know, because really the, the deal with Mr. Evans was six months. If she would work there six months, she would get a a letter of recommendation and he's not pushing her to do anything. He doesn't even necessarily want her there. So she could have just sat on her duff for six months and got a letter of recommendation, but she didn't, you know, he's not requiring anything of her. Like he's barely talking to her. But yes, he's, he's she a on her own curmudgeon. Yeah, but but she man, she what, delivers. Yeah, yeah, she. And then um, Mrs. Weatherford, one of her quotes that I loved. I put this as my favorite quote, but I had a lot. Having knowledge is the best way to fight off fear. Mm. Yes, that was profound. Yes, and it was so true. And and she's and she mentions there too how the people were craving it because and. I thought she did, the author did a good job of, of helping us feel that. Like, you don't know, they don't know what's really going on. There's like wars coming. Okay, well, what does that mean? And then it's like, well, this is happening. Like, they were just so craving what's the information and knowledge, what's going on, you know? And, and there you find out how sharp uh, Grace is because she uses that, you know, she, she uses that to sell books. Get a book to read in the bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. don't you know and even though she's not a reader yet she can advertise and sell it yes but then, but then I think it when she george, becomes a reader she becomes even more yeah because george said but how what you know how was she supposed to sell something she knew so little about and that made her oh maybe you've got a point there you know but i was just like but she thought the at first she says um books served a purpose distract distractions were needed most certainly in times of strife and that's what she felt about them before she became a reader so she thought that they were a distraction in the middle of a war Mm. but she's very brave and she doesn't think she's brave yes and i think that's probably because her uncle when she was working for her uncle she mentioned numerous times that he never said anything positive to her she was beat down everything was her fault Um, he sounds like a narcissist, her uncle did, but like, so she, she comes to London with very low self-esteem. She doesn't think she has anything to offer, you know, 
But she's. Well, I know she, she joined that air raids precautions unit, and um, these are the people that go out and say, "Well, you're, uh, you're. We can see light through your window. You can." And they're kind of nobody likes them, basically. Mm -hmm. and, and, and she's under the tutelage of Mr. Stokes, which they don't like, you know, because he's the one. I mean, you can even get fined if you don't have your curtains in place or your blackout, whatever. And uh, I re that's when Mr. Evans starts to change because he he tells her that he thinks she ought to quit the ARP. And um, she she throws this at him. It doesn't matter how you fight, but that you never, never stop. And she said, Mr. Evans, that's what you told me. And then um, he said, well, sometimes I give bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he, he ends up loving her as a daughter, she kind of replaces, fills that hole a little bit of his daughter. So he doesn't want anything to happen to her. Awakens his heart that has kind of stopped. But mm -hmm. the story of how he and his wife met was so cool. Do you remember it? They were on Primrose Hill, and he's leaning against one side of a tree, and she's leaning against the other side of the tree. And, and they're reading the same book. I thought, oh, that's romance, romantic. And that's why it's called the Primrose, book, Primrose Hill Bookstore. So mm -hmm. I loved it. And going back on that, that so one thing I learned was um, I didn't realize that really if it wasn't for volunteers london would have burnt to the ground like the the people the volunteers of the city saved london from more destruction than you know what i'm saying because mm -hmm. so part of her duty initially was yeah making sure everyone was black having the blackout which that was before before the bombing started and i didn't realize that either that there was like probably a year that before bombing started and people are just like, oh, like they don't, you know, it's like, why are we doing this? Nothing's going to happen. And then, bam, when the when the bombings start, well, she has all she has a whole other list of duties. They have to put out fires and they have to there's incinerary things that come and they have to cover those with sand. And then they have to help people that were their houses were bombed if they're inside of it, like do first aid and. Like, she had a whole list of things, really. And I'm just, like, I was blown away because I'm, like, and it was all volunteer. And this is, like, night shifts. Like, these people yeah. are staying up all night protecting their city. So and you're, and I didn't realize when the bombings did start that they came nightly. Yes, I didn't realize they, that either. They didn't quit. I mean, they just kept on. So I was just, like, and I, for, I don't know. Like, that, that, so at the end of the book, I just felt, I was almost the feeling was just kind of proud that I have an English heritage because I, you know, I've done 23 of me and I, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of whatever the blood from the English English side or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm proud of that because these people had so much grit. Like they slept in the subway tunnels for years every night. So I, I'm like, I, we have no, no idea what that's like. You know, every night they would take their bedrolls and sleep in these um, subway tunnels. And that's Be where, you know, you have to admire Grace for, so she starts reading in the subway tunnels to them. Yes. And, and like these two orphans come, well, what, actually the brother comes first and listening to her read and that it, she builds uh, relationships, getting them through that. And I, 
And all those books are make you want to read. That's why we're reading Oliver Twist now, basically, is because of this book. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I should say kudos to Julie Barnes because she sent me this for uh, Mother's Day. And uh, Where did she I, hear about it? Some uh, A friend of hers read it, and um, I think. But it's a quick read, mm -hmm. and I don't know how it, I didn't read it until summer, you know, for Mother's Day. But, you know. It got under my stack or something. <laughs> I don't know. But it it is definitely a great read, especially if you like historical fiction. Um, so what would what was something that you learned from the book, Mom? Well, I uh, I don't think um, well, I'm, I huh, I learned a lot of book titles too. I think it is to bloom where you're planted mm. and to not give up on someone. Uh, don't judge people on first impressions because Mr. Evans' first impression, not too good. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he wrote, this is his letter that he wrote, Dear Sir or Madam, I'm writing you to recommend Grace Bennett's services. She has been employed at my shop, the Primrose Hill Books, for the last six months. In that time, she has taken my cluttered shop and turned it into something quite elegant. She is a polite young woman with immeasurable compassion and keen intelligence. She's rather brilliant, actually. If you don't hire, if you don't hire her, you're a fool, and I'm a greater fool for letting her go. Oh, yes. And that just warmed my heart. So um, this would be a great book to give to people, like a gift. Ooh, oh, my goodness. It would be. And you're right. I think and this is one you want to keep. Yes. And and on this one, I actually got to read your copy um, because you loaned it to me. So it was re really rather fun because you, uh, you mark up books a lot and you put a lot of notes in there. So, um, so it, that's really fun. But you wrote in the back, you, the, you pulled out the books they mentioned. So here's the list. Uh, <laughs> the, the Count of Monte Cristo, Emma, which I definitely want to read Emma. Oh, and I um, already got us that one. Oh, I you did? Yeah. You're on top of it. Um, of Human Bondage, Middlemarch, South Riding, The Pickwick Papers, which is... Um, Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Odyssey, Jane Eyre, and Forever Amber are some of the titles that were mentioned. And some of those I hadn't heard. You know, we've read Jane Eyre, but what a... I mean, it would be good to reread, of course. But another thing I learned, and I think, I don't know if I talked to you about it, was I didn't know that um, Italians were living in London, and they'd been there 20 years. They had a tea shop or something, and they arrested mm. them because they thought they were spies. And their shop got looted and destroyed. Yeah. And that you wonder how often that would happen. And, and it's sad because the Italian people didn't really want, it wasn't just like that other book we read, you know, we got to see how the Italian people they weren't on board with what the Italian government was doing. So, but it's sad that they're the ones that had to suffer for it. What did you learn? Well, I, like I said, I learned the, um, that the, about the volunteers, like all the work that they did, which was amazing. And then I also learned that the palace was bombed. I don't think I knew that. Well, see, um, I actually knew that because last year during travel Tuesday, uh, one girl had put in there, go to the uh, Buckingham Palace. So we researched it, and we knew that they 
didn't leave and they wanted the common people to know they were getting bombed too and it actually connected them mm. so i thought that was interesting yeah i mean i did not catch anything wrong in this book like sometimes you know you catch a book that's mentioned like in project 1065 he mentioned a book that couldn't have been written at that time mm. yes but she didn't do that no she was really careful and there's a funny story that um, a long time ago, I had my friend Joyce, her mom was shopping and they had a sale on sugar and this lady was filling her cart with sugar and uh, Joyce's mom said, whoa, what, what is going on? She said, well, it's on sale. We got to get it before the hoarders do. <laughs> and they had that in this book. Uh -huh. So I just cracked up. Yeah. Because Miss Weatherford wants the cheese and wants all the stuff, and uh, before the hoarders get it, she's she's uh, trying to be prepared. If I had to go through what Grace did, I would definitely want to be with Miss Weatherford, though. I will say that Mrs. Weatherford, she so she'd gone through World War One, and so she lost her husband in World War One, and but she kind of knew what kind of what to expect, and so that helped Grace and Viv because they were super scared the first, you know. Alarm the what do they call that? The alert siren. bomb siren yeah. that goes off, mm -hmm. and you know. But she's she's a calming presence for them initially, and then later on they do this. You know, it's for her. They help her, but um, so she had lived through it, so she knew okay, rationing's going to be coming. So she's like stocked up on tea and sugar before they even rationed it. So, well, I just I, I liked her. I liked her uh, can-do spirit. Like, you know, mm. you guys will do good here. You can do this. Because she, she's kind of commanding because, like you said, Mr. Evans really didn't want to hire her. But she kind of backed him into the corner and just made him, I guess. Yes. And he did it. And I think she knew she knew Grace would be good for him, too. I she knew too. She knew he was um, grieving. So. And I, and I think that... Um, Sometimes if if grief doesn't go away soon, then you think something's wrong with you, you know, because you, but he just didn't have any interaction with people. Mm -hmm. So I think he needed some healing. And I think Grace was, and one time when Grace was crying, uh, Mr. Evans caught her crying and she apologized. And he said, never apologize for a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I think he, you know, he wasn't apologizing that he'd been kind of comatose for years you know yes but i just uh and th the other thing that i forgot the lady's name and i didn't write it down but she was real snooty nesbitt yes yes and then grace uh because all the other bookshops were not where the primrose hill was and so remember the kind thing that grace does yes because i thought when uh all of them were on this certain street and when they were bombed she said well we can clear some space at primrose hill and you can sell your bo books here and then miss nesbitt is still you know but that changed her yeah because she knew she had been so utterly rude and mean to grace for years so that that act of Eventually. kindness Yes. Eventually. But I think Miss Weatherford had to get a hold of her, too. Yes. But she became... And then... Because she hadn't volunteered at that point. But after... After Grace, you know, 
offered to help after she had been so utterly rude. Um, she started changing. She started volunteering, reading to orphans and stuff. So it it is amazing that, um, and, and I, that was one of my quotes I wrote down, but ugliness in a person was not born, but created. Ooh. And then later on it goes and says, and with the knowledge that his mistreatment had nothing to do with her and everything to do with him. Oh, and powerful. that was the same with Miss Nesbitt. Like, in Grace, that clicked for her, like, because at first, you just take offense to that, which you, a normal person would when someone's, you know, lambasting you. But then she, and I can't remember if that was Mr. Evans, I think it was, who was te- teaching her that. And then it was like, it's, it's, there. they have the problem. You know, it's not, it's not really about me. It's, mm-hmm. they are having an issue. So... Yeah, I was like, I'm that's reading powerful. this book called Unoffendable, and he's saying, like, all Christians should be unoffendable. Nothing should bother you that someone else says. And I said, that's such a good, healthy way to look at things because we don't know what Miss Nesmith went through or we don't know. And Grace Kama, you know, she had a, a way of bringing out the best in people eventually, but I think we all uh, were not as patient as we should be and we're not as long-suffering and steadfast, you know, but mm-hmm. she was. She usually was just going to do the right thing, no matter what, and she's just going to keep on doing it. But I guess when Miss Weatherford, if she didn't see that it was happening soon enough, she was going to have a talk with Miss Nesbeth, who was a neighbor. But it's interesting because that one, that really one act of, you know, like you said, she had to be by her being unoffendable and going and offering kindness to Miss Nesbeth. That affected so many people that she couldn't even reach, you know, because then Miss Nesbitt volu- was reading to children. And what did that do for those, you know, children? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just when those acts of kindness really reach really far beyond yourself, farther than you can think. So. And I, I'm just uh, amazed at, you know, how, because uh, she came from, I would say, reduced circumstances, uh, definitely. And that I think God put her with the, Miss Weatherford, which was her mom's friend, which probably she reminded her of her mom. And what could have been a really sad life ended up being a very blessed life, you know. After years of struggle. (laughs) Yes. But even, and so that the man, Mr. Stokes, who was her partner in the air raid precautions unit, if you remember, he, he, she had trouble dealing with him. Yes. He would, he annoyed everybody, Mm -hmm. but then when she was really extremely sad, he, I have a quote from him. He said, these matters are best not done alone, Mm. which kind of goes with what you're saying. All these people were donating their time to help the cause of England. We were Mm -hmm. all, they're all coming together. And I don't know if you've seen that photograph. Oh, so powerful of everything is in. Uh, there's debris everywhere, but there's a young man, and he's delivering milk. Hmm. Have you seen that picture? No, I haven't. I'm going to have to look oh it up. Oh, my goodness. Well, it is, uh, yeah, just put de- milk delivery, uh, London bomb bombing or something, because he is walking on rubble. Hmm. And I'm saying, really? So these guys are so focused on doing their job because somebody somewhere needs some milk, and he has some, and he's going to get it to them. I mean, like you said, that's grit. 
I mean, this this book is a picture of grit and community coming together. Like it's mm-hmm. it's in really the worst times bring out the the best in people. I mean, sometimes it brings out the worst in people, but you know, really like this is a horrible time. But what you saw, what you see through it is extreme grit and then extreme like this love of community coming together, helping each other out, like, which that's beautiful, you know? So I think there was one time when they went somewhere, some part of London had put up sandbags or something. So they wanted it to still be fancy and where you could kind of block out what was going on. And she went in there and she kind of liked it. And then after a while, when she came out, she realized she was needed. And she said, then she's kind of like, no, I shouldn't have been down there enjoying myself when this is going on up here. Mm-hmm. So she wants to be present. She does. But her friend was right. Her friend said, you know, you need, you need, you got to, you have to have a way to get rid of some stress. You know, you need an yeah. outlet basically too, because she was working herself ragged. Yes. I, but I do think she always thought Viv was the outgoing one viv was the vivacious viv viv and she kind of did not think she was an interesting person which she was very interesting she was very uh loyal and and brave yeah yeah and i think i i think her job was more dangerous than what viv went oh yeah but she never said that she never thought that because viv went was like a radio a radio a radar operator right yeah radio or something and then um she did get to leave, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why she thought it was. But at one point, George Anderson said uh, he was not going to ask her to wait to wait for him. And then she replied, you're worth waiting for, George Anderson. <laughs> and I said, okay, so now she, she thinks she's bringing something to the table now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she changed. And so did Mr. Evans change. I can't remember the name of the book. But they had these books, and they weren't selling at all. And they weren't selling because it was about weak, a weak leader and all that. Well, at this time, they had Churchill. And then Mr. Evans put on there, these were published when, I forgot the other Chamberlain. Guy. Yeah. And then they started selling like hotcakes. Which, that was something else I learned, too. I just, I, I didn't know Churchill wasn't the prime minister during all of that. I didn't know, I didn't realized that chamber there's a guy named chamberlain before him very so. weak guy who thought you could ignore hitler yeah he thought that and uh, yeah you got me that book the 40 faces of churchill i mean he had uh i mean his own people fought against him but then he was the leader they needed you know but he wasn't fancy enough for them really yeah that was called that book was called pigeon pie Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah. And so, of course, you. I'm thinking, is that really a book? Is that, you know, yeah. But nobody wanted to buy it. And then when it was, when Chamberlain, then it was sold yeah. like hotcakes. Written while Chamberlain was still prime minister. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was very, I, I think Mr. Evans was a very witty man, uh, you know. Yes. But, and but he, he oh, had a shell of protection. Tell about, which was really cool, about the books he received from Germany. Oh, yeah, go ahead, because I remember he, he valued those. Well, he he got this box of, uh, old like, books, and one of them was, and they were, they were written in German, and one, like, some of them had blood stains on them, 
one of them was one from um, Albert Einstein that he had written. Anyway, but he, uh, Mr. Evans was paying, I think, a lot of money to get these books that were, had survived the book burnings in Germany um, because he wanted to preserve them, you know, because he valued literature that much. And, and uh, I just thought that was cool that because he had them in a special safe and everything like that. But um, Grace was kind of shocked when she saw the blood because she was like, you know, people died uh, to protect these books and like really more than books. It was kind of the freedom of speech, you know, um, and, not, and, the, and the freedom to gain to read. Yeah, if that's taken away from you, you can't really grow. Uh, yeah, and that connected with 1065 when he actually saw that. Yes. When they were burning books. And, I mean, think how, you know, they're burning Bibles. They're burning all this. And I'm like, uh, th this time period, though, I think I think that's why people are uh, attracted to um, this time period. Because they people are so gritty. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, yeah, and at one point, they don't think that Grace is going to read because the the shop has been hit or something and she said oh we'll read we're still reading i can't even remember the name of the book i think it might have been jane eyre i don't know but or yes yeah. was it jane eyre or something like, oh yeah we're reading we're reading yeah. and then and she's, she helped people just by reading and yeah and then i loved there's a part where they where the people are telling her what what they meant to her because she doesn't know and and, you know, they didn't tell her initially, but they later on were saying, well, like, how much the books helped them. Like, it, it basically gave them hope. It gave them uh, something to think about instead of the war, you know. Yeah. And it brought them together. It was just a beautiful picture of community and just coming together um, and helping each other get through it. And I'm just, I'm still just amazed that this this group of people survived that and thrived through it you know and then like they work together and it's just because uh, i had been to london um like back when I, I did a study abroad thing but i don't think i fully appreciated it i'm like i kind of wish i could go back now and uh, appreciate the efforts of all these people that kept it from being completely destroyed you know and then i i, I just the fact that they rebuilt after i mean how many bombs went off you know it's just it's just so much grit surrounding that city. I think I just think it's so cool. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, it, there's a lot of growth in here. There's a lot of, like you said, community and uh, things that I think this is a great read, especially now when our country is not showing any of this. Mm -hmm. we, we're we're divided, and we're uh, nitpicking, and we're you know we're not coming together as a country. So when you see all these people different people all of them mm -hmm. are very different coming together for a common cause it is it's heartwarming how did you feel when you finished the book oh i i felt like i said i felt proud of my english heritage i was just like man i'm i'm glad that i have some of that in me you know i'm glad i have some of that well you that... have pretty much grit you, you're a pretty gritty gal but you know how you say all the time, you say, you know, people shouldn't play the victim. Well, let's look at Grace. She could have played the victim. My mm -hmm. uncle won't write me a letter. My 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 parents are di died. Blah, blah. She could have done that. Mm -hmm. But guess what? That doesn't get you anywhere. No, it doesn't serve you well. 
it keeps you it really victim mindset is really a, a prison yeah it keeps it you locked you. up it does i mean really whatever happens i heard a, a a really good preacher a long time ago, Joe Beam, and he said, whatever happens to you, you have to accept it. You just have to accept it and then move forward because they had had a daughter that when his wife was going into labor and everything, the doctors didn't move fast enough and the baby was distressed and then it suffered brain damage. And he couldn't get past that. And then some wise older person, you know, said, you have to accept that your daughter is the way she is and nothing can change that and move forward. And he said, that was the best. Had. And so that's what grace does. She said, well, you know, I'm an orphan. My uncle just, you know, kicked me out of the house. I mean, it was their family. She could have fought that probably, mm-hmm. you know, but she didn't, but then she wouldn't have had this wonderful relationship with Miss Weatherford. And Miss Weatherford needed her. That's another point. True. So true. Yeah. So, and that really, what you were saying reminds me of the last Green Valley. Because you remember, because, you know, this was, again, that was a World War II book. They went through a, a, a horrible oh. journey yeah. as well. Um, but remember what the the lady said? The There was a mom, but she became the grandma at the end. Do you remember what she was saying? Um. I wonder if I have it written down in my book. I probably have it written down, but I... Oh, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. That's right. Do you remember, like, and she kept saying that, and so it's like, so the connecting with what you said, the victim mindset was that, oh, this this happened to me. All this bad stuff is happening to me. and But if you change it and say, this is happening for me, what can I learn from this? What... And so, and that's kind of the attitude what Grace had. It wasn't, why is this happening to me? It's like, okay, this is happening for me. And like, she, she used everything and, and found something and grew from everything that happened in her life, you know? And she, yeah, she, she looked for um, opportunities to make things better to, to, you know, and I think we do need to go out, but she did take a risk. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, he didn't tell her to do anything at the store. So straightening up the books could have made him mad. Yes. I mean, she took a risk. And we've got to be willing. And so did the alchemist, you know. Uh, he took a risk, you know. You've got to take a risk. Someone might get mad at you. It's but funny that you said that. might not. I saw a quote the other day that said, um, the most successful people are the people that have failed the most. Yep. So it's almost like, you know, we want to be successful, but we don't want to fail. But it's almost like to be successful, you have to fail. You have to, what you're saying, take a risk, you know? Well, you know, every time you make a loaf of bread, you're taking a risk because, you know, sometimes it rises and sometimes it falls. I said, <laughs> that is life. Life is that way. Sometimes it works out perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, And if you don't try, you never get those perfect loaves of bread. That's true. Yeah, you never get, you don't get the flat ones either, but yeah. you don't get anything. That's true. So I kind of think take a risk and go ahead and make mistakes and then learn from those mistakes and mm-hmm. be like Grace Bennett. And, you know, I mean, to me, she, what a heroine she was. She was uh, 
I could read the book again right after I finished it because I liked her so much. And at the beginning, I was like, what? She doesn't like books? <laughs> and then I'm like, why did Julie send me this? And then, I mean, right right when she, she when she starts Count of Monte Crisco, she can't put it down. Mm-hmm. She's like reading at night under the covers. And her and her roommate's like, well, when I leave, I, at least you don't have to read with a flashlight. <laughs> so, so Madeline Martin, the author of the book, she she said that her love of history uh, came what she thinks from being an army brat and being mm. stationed in Germany. Which, oh. so she was right. You know, there's a lot of history around that. That I think that would make you, you know, well, she did a great job. She did. Is this her first book or has she written other books? You know, I don't know. So it says she's a USA Today bestselling author of historical fiction, but I didn't look up if she's had more. But hopefully she will have more after this one for sure because this was... Well, uh, definitely. I I liked the... um, So we read, you know, Kim uh, Michelle Richardson, the author of the book. She she left her a good review. Did you see that? Uh Uh-huh. An irresistible tale which showcases the transformative power of literacy, reminding us of the hope and sanctuary our neighborhood bookstores offer during the perilous trials of war and unrest. So, I was like, oh, she left a raving review. You know it's going to be good. Well, I just think if anybody's needing a book, and it's a quick read, don't you think? Yes. I think I read it in a couple days because I couldn't put it down. Yeah, when you get... (laughs) You read fiction fast. Yeah. So, so definitely check out um, check out the last bookshop in London, and you will not regret it. And that's a wrap. And we hope you enjoyed it, and hope we'll, you'll pick up a copy or, or give a copy of the last bookshop in London. <laughs> and I just looked her up, and she has one called The Librarian Spy. Ooh. Ooh. We might give it a try. Yeah. (laughs) Catch you on the next one.